Hello, welcome to the Healthy Alternatives podcast. I am Dr. Christine Sauer with DocChristine.com. Today's show is a recording of my radio show of the same name. Enjoy! Good afternoon, this is Dr. Christine Sauer, your host of the show Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOEFM with live stream on communityradio.ca every Thursday at 12 noon Atlantic Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in today. In this show, I will talk, mostly with guests, about all aspects of health, healthcare and wellness, from conventional to alternative and everything in between. My mission for this radio show is to help change people's lives for the better by informing them about different options to get and stay healthy and well so they can choose for themselves which option might work in their case. And if you feel you are stuck in a dark place, I want to tell you, don't give up. There is a light at the end of the tunnel for you too. Today, I'm extremely pleased to have back Lindsay Dupuis. Welcome back, Lindsay. I hope I pronounced it right the first time this time. Yeah, it's, it's good. Thanks. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> now, Lindsay, you are a mindfulness-based mental health counselor living here in Halifax, Nova That's Scotia. Nice. Yeah. It was interesting in the first part of the show that aired on October 21st, 24th, sorry, my fault, and uh, we talked about your story, how you started off in Kingston, Ontario, mm-hmm. and uh, studied psychology, Buddhism, and mental health at the University of Toronto, and uh, then actually decided to travel to Africa. Right. Yeah. Now, we didn't get a little bit more into that, but you are doing some awesome work there. So tell us a little bit about more what you started in Africa and what you did after you 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 went back. Right. Okay. So, yeah, um, my first time in Tanzania was in 2011. So it's been eight years now. And... Um, Yeah, as I was saying in the last interview, I was there sort of as a student in between my postgraduate and my master's studies Uh in in counseling psychology. And uh, I went initially to work with young girls to help with their mental health care. Um, Now, question, did you go with any organization or was it all on your own volition? It was all my own. Yeah, it was grassroots. That is courageous. (laughs) I, I was living in a a house for long-term volunteers. Okay. So, um, yeah, I had a nice base. They, it was run by an Australian woman who would help the volunteers connect with local um, groups that needed help. So okay. it was, um, yeah, it was very What very kind of accommodation was it? Because many people don't know in Tanzania, they think of a little hut out in the bush. <laughs> Well, it was almost that. Yeah, it was. Well, it was a house. It was a, a house um, just on the outskirts of Moshi, which is at the base of Mount Kilimanjaro. And beautiful. so it was beautiful. You had a view of, of uh, Kilimanjaro, um, but it was close to a town. So you could walk in and get, you know, all of your all of your um, 
groceries or food or co- you can go to coffee shops and things like that. So. But there was probably not a big grocery store, more like open markets or how did it yeah. work? Yeah, I mean, there were there were some small grocery stores, mm-hmm. but mostly, yeah, markets mm-hmm. and little corner stores and things like that for the so most part. So as a former mountain climber, I have to ask you, did you ever go on top of Mount <laughs> Kilimanjaro? You know what? I I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> but I, I yeah, I yeah. wouldn't say no to doing it in the future. Oh, sounds good. Okay, um, tell us a little bit about how you found your girls to work with and mm-hmm. what you ended up doing for them. Well, I didn't actually work with them at all. I didn't even get to meet them because... Um, Yeah, they were they were in such a desperate situation that they had dropped out of this program, which was wow. about to start when I arrived. And they, yeah, a lot of them were teenagers, and they they thought, well, my biggest problem is that I don't have any money. I can't afford food, um, food, and all the basics. Shelter. So, yeah, so they would go out on the street and earn money that way to take Sell care of themselves. Basic needs. Exactly. So oh, wow. It, the program it didn't even start. It yeah. was it was kind of too late. So I started to think about well, what's if I want to? I'm I was there for about five months, and I thought I want to make good use of my time and do something impactful. Um, so even though I went to do mental health work, I I came back to doing fundraising. I thought, well, well why not? Uh, that's what they needed yeah, for their mental health. Exactly. Because it's not a good condition yeah. for a woman to have to sell yeah. their body to eat. Absolutely. So yeah. you did something that made a difference and yeah. was connected with their mental health on the long run. Well, that's that's just it. I mean, when mm. I was there... The first time I really saw their their struggles with their basic needs, and a lot of them were struggling with physical health yeah. conditions because of their stress, was just causing all sorts of um, ailments. And mm. um, how's the healthcare down there? Did they have any coverage, or is there no healthcare no, unless you have money? It's uh, yeah, <laughs> which yeah, so they would have to pay for yeah, pay for antibiotics, their care, or and medications, and um, just really sad. Sad situation. And and I was working another with these. thing to be grateful for in Canada. Yeah. We have at least basic care yeah. available. Absolutely. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we really, you know, can take it for granted. I think, but uh, and that's important to know. It's yeah. not worldwide. So exactly. what? And what did you end end up doing for those poor girls? Um, well, I I got a fundraiser going. I had run a half marathon before I went over and done. Wow. Some, I did some fundraising that way, and I. I thought I'd put the money towards mm-hmm. starting up small businesses. Um, mm-hmm. And I also did some fundraising through the college that I did my postgrad diploma at. Um, so we raised enough to start a chicken co-op with one group of women, about 35 women in a small village. How did they do that in practical? I mean, I know what it means to chicken keep. We have chickens yeah. at home. But <laughs> how did they do that in Tanzania? How many chicken per woman or did it they need or did they all work together? They all worked together. Um, and I think, gosh, I, I think it was starting with, might have been only been about 20 chickens or something to start with. Um, but it's grown over the years and they now have a fully functioning, I, I actually can't even tell you the number of chickens they have now, but That's it's a lot exciting. more. So they um, sell the eggs and the meat? Yeah, and the meat. Yeah. yeah. And they're sustaining themselves and they're they're doing quite well. Now, how do uh, you sell a chicken in Tanzania? Do you sell it alive? Uh, 
but in most cases at the market, they're sold alive. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. So yeah. I, I, I think it's important that people don't think it's like here you go to the supermarket and buy a skinless, right. boneless no. chicken breast. <laughs> you buy a live chicken yeah. and then you kill it and eat it and you exactly. know what you have. Exactly. And you eat all of it except yep. for the feathers. Exactly. Mm. Um, so that that was one, one of the groups and the other group of women was in a separate community mm-hmm. and we did small business startups so we got them running just very simple basic businesses most of them were running or selling fruits and veggies in the market so it was How enough did they get for them the fruit and veggies um a lot of the women are getting the produce from local farms and a few of them are actually farming them themselves oh amazing yeah. so they made enough to sustain themselves with that they yes so I returned to Tanzania this spring in 2019, and um, I was amazed to see the transformation. Uh, that it's, It didn't take much to start up these small businesses, but it was enough for them to cover their basic needs. Um, I saw women who were actually suicidal um, in 2011, and just totally transform. And when I saw them again eight years later, there was there's one in particular I'm thinking of. She just had the biggest smile on her face, and she she had built a new house. She had installed a water tap on her property, and she could afford her food and and medications. And it was just like night and day. So, I mean. The fact that they can build an entirely new house for themselves um, says a lot. Yeah, how how little they need to do that. Exactly. And and what a difference you made in that little time, really. And and that must be very satisfying. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And so I saw, I mean, there was a whole mixed bag of results. I had some very successful cases where, like I said, some of the women had actually built new houses and... Um, some some of them, their businesses had fallen through yeah. uh, and they were struggling again. And then I saw a little bit of everything in between as well. Mm-hmm. So, But the one thing I really did notice was that um, their mental health had improved so much. Mm. I can imagine. Just, yeah. I mean, we, the focus was going back to basics, but at the end of the day, it really did help their mental health, which was the original purpose of me going to Tanzania. (laughs) And how important is it for a woman that's prostituting herself Mm -hmm. to have to eat and afford basic medical care, which comes with a job, really, uh, to be able to quit that degrading profession? Yeah. In a way, it is degrading, even... Absolutely. To most women, it is. Yeah, Very yeah. few women choose that as a profession. Yeah. There are such, and I respect that, but most don't. Mm-hmm. And uh, to go, that is, is damaging to your mental health, to Absolutely. have to, to feel yeah. that you're trapped in doing yeah. stuff like that, selling yourself, to, yeah. to being able to make a living that you can talk about. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and just to be clear, a lot of these women were mm-hmm. not necessarily, they weren't working as prostitutes. That was the original group of girls that okay. I was supposed to work with. Um, but a lot of these women were just, just felt so hopeless and helpless. And they yeah. didn't have... They, a lot of them don't have husbands. Um, okay. Many of them were widowed or divorced, and they didn't have the education to to earn a living for themselves after their husband 
uh, wasn't in their life anymore. Well, that's an interesting topic too, and mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit more about that, uh, how yeah. that goes together in the second half of the broadcast here. And that is a nice uh, way to end the first part because everybody wants to know what happened to those women? Why can't they live without a husband in Tanzania? This brings us to the end of the first half of today's broadcast here on 97.5 CIOEFM Community Radio. So please tune in after the commercial break for more about mental health and Africa and Lindsay Dupuis. Hello and welcome back for Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOEFM or on the web at communityradio.ca. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer, and today I'm talking with mindfulness-based mental health counselor, Lindsay Dupuis. Welcome back, Lindsay. Thank you. Now, in the first half, we talk a little bit about what difference your work in Africa made. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit more about that and how that evolved from 2011-2019 to what you're doing now. Right. Um, so, yeah, when I when I was back in Tanzania this year, I really saw such a such a difference. And um, as I was starting to explain, the women in Africa. Um, once they lose their husband, which um, the life expectancy is not very high yeah. in East Africa, um, so once they lose their husband... So what way can they lose? Yes, of course, their husband can die from some yeah. disease. Yeah. How can they... But the, you also mentioned divorce. How is yeah. in Tanzania the divorce? Here we think, oh, you get divorced, your husband has to support you. How is right. it in Tanzania? Uh, not at all the same. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. So divorce is actually more common than you would probably mm. think. Um, so whether... Yeah, whether a woman loses her husband to death or to a divorce... No, no. I'm, I'm just curious, can the husband just say, I divorce you and the woman has to go, or how does it work? Um, well, I don't know the specifics. Okay. I, just curious, because yeah. I know Muslims can do that. Right. And yeah. it is always very weird to me, some yeah. some Muslims, the Muslims here that are moderated, they don't do that. But I've heard about the fundamentalists mm-hmm. doing that, just sending the woman out and saying, right. that's it. Yeah, but they got some, many, somehow divorced. They lost their husband and yeah. no support. There's um, there's a large Christian population, mm. so the majority of women that I've worked with have been uh, coming from the Christian faith and divorce. Okay. In in many cases, there the women is the woman is left um, with the children, mm-hmm. and the husband leaves. Huh. Um, and in in some cases, uh, the family of the husbands will will actually blame the women for mm. maybe divorce. the husband's divorce or passing and the woman is left to feel like it's her fault and she doesn't get any support. Wow. Um, so, you know, this isn't necessarily every single case, but yeah, from but what that I would impact observed, your mental health really bad. Absolutely. Yeah. Not only do you get no support, you lose your husband that maybe you love yeah. and then his family blames you. Yeah, for there's shame, there's stigma. And then they're left to to care for their kids on their own. Um, but because 
it, there's a it, there's been a very traditional system in Tanzania where the men are the breadwinners and the women don't have as much education. Things are changing, of course, but mm. um, that's what I saw a lot of. Mm. So the once the woman was on her own, she didn't have that education to to be able to make her employable, basically, mm. and she was just kind of left unemployed, helpless, helpless, without much assistance at all or any assistance so at all. So your small business program really helped them have some income for themselves yes. and their children and yeah. made a big, big difference. It really, again, it didn't, for some of the businesses, it might have taken like 30 Canadian dollars, um, but it made such a difference that, again, you saw a woman who was suicidal to being just having such a big smile on her face. And when I saw her eight years later, uh -huh. she ran over and she looked eight years younger, quite frankly. <laughs> and she, she said, my stress is gone. Thank you so much. And she was in tears no, of that's joy. That's not heartwarming. And that's oh. worth $30. Yeah. Now, how yeah. did you combine that with the meditation and yeah. lead to what you're doing now? Yeah, great question. So, um, so basically what I saw was a, a big improvement in the, the, the women, um, their basic needs were met and their mental health was, was doing much, much better. Um, so when I spoke to them the second time around, they said, we would love to keep on going with this. Like we would love to actually focus more on our mental health now <laughs> because their basic needs were being met. Yes. Um, and fun the funny thing is, is that in 2011, there was no, there's no Swahili word for mental health. Um, and it was such a taboo. Nobody spoke about it. It just hardly, again, that, I think that's one of the reasons why the focus went towards the basic needs. Yes. Um, but this time around, I was shocked um, that there was so much talk about mental health. And in fact, once, once some of the people that I met, local people that I met, found out that I practice mindfulness and teach meditation they they lit up and they said oh my goodness I've heard all about this <laughs> this is really popular can you teach us Excellent. so I was yeah I was I was quite surprised um but because they seemed so keen to learn I thought well of course I'll, I'll teach them if they're asking for that so I ended up actually teaching this group of 11 ladies are up to about 14 or 15 now um, how to meditate these are the ones who started the small business the small businesses yeah um, and they responded really well I, I wasn't really sure what to expect um, I had a translator to help me and we did some basic sort of group mindfulness meditation and uh, I just yeah great great feedback from them they seemed really uh to benefit a lot yes. so what we ended up doing i got this idea well a lot of my old clients um were asking me over the years to record some of my guided meditations they said once we're done your workshop or your course we'd love to access your your work um so i had that on the back burner for a while and i thought okay well this might be a really good opportunity what if I finally, you know, put together this collection of meditations for my clients back home or anybody. They don't have to be clients. Um, and at the same time, dedicate them to, to each of these women. Oh. So I'm teaching them and at the same time offering something to help people back at home or anywhere in the world. So with the women's 
uh, consent, they agreed to be video recorded in meditation. So I did sort of a, a dedicated practice for each of them. And uh, once I came back home, I started to edit the videos, and I'm still doing this now, recording Excellent. meditations. Um, so I have a, a YouTube channel right now, mm -hmm. um, and I've got four, four or five practices up so far. There will be 14 in total, one for each of the women. And, uh, and they're in English, I suppose. They're in English, yes. That's better because <laughs> no, most of I the wish. people won't speak Swahili either. Yeah. Some do. We have a lot of people from Africa that yeah, may speak for it. Sure. And there's yeah. many other languages, yeah. so that's exciting. So how can you raise money with that? How will you raise money? What's your yeah. plans? So at this point, um, it's a donation. It's by mm -hmm. donation. Yes. So I'm not asking for a lot, but um, if it Yeah, if people are interested in trying my practices, I just ask a one-time little donation yeah. uh, can go a long way. Uh, and they will go towards further um, some education for the women so that once we sort of we start expanding their businesses or starting up new businesses for, for new women who join the group, um, that they know what they're doing this time so that they don't they don't fail now that is um, really exciting and i think yeah. everybody that listens wants to be part of this and how can they find you how can they start donating to you if they feel touched by the story of those women's by just 20 30 dollars canadian makes such right. a difference yeah. how can they find you how can they go on youtube find those meditations how can they find you and donate yeah so they can find me on my website Uh, lindsaydupuy.ca so that's l-i-n-d-s-a-y d-u-p-u-i-s dot c-a mm -hmm. um, and they can also email me um, at hello at lindsaydupuy.ca um, and they can also they can type my name into YouTube and find me that way. <laughs> Now that is wonderful. And yeah. probably you have a link to your YouTube on your website. Yes, that's correct. That is wonderful. Yeah. And you're on Facebook, Instagram, and even on LinkedIn. So yeah. wherever you choose to hang out, find Lindsay Dupree. Exactly. She's a lovely yeah. lady. She looks younger than she says she is. I don't believe it. <laughs> you're a young lady. <laughs> and she's meditating, which keeps her younger than she says. <laughs> Well, and I, she's helping yeah. others with it. And that is such a wonderful thing to do, Lindsay. Well, thank you. I yeah. really appreciate that because we are all one in this world. That's just it. Yeah. Really, we're all one, yeah. whether we live in India, Africa, wherever we yeah. live. Thank you so much for being on my show. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you for inviting me. And this brings me to the end of today's show. Please don't hesitate to contact me with any questions, thoughts, comments or suggestions. Or if you like to contact Lindsay and lost her contact info, my email here is christine at communityradio.ca or contact me through my website docchristine.com d-o-c-c-h-r-i-s-t-i-n-e.com I'm always grateful for any feedback. I also want to extend a special thank you to today's producer, Cecil Wright. Thanks, Cecil. You're the best. You might not know this, but this is a volunteer-run, non-profit radio station. And we even have an art gallery if you're local. And you'd like to drop in, we are at 11 Glendale Avenue, Lower Sackville, Nova Scotia. 
Thank you all for listening to Healthy Alternatives. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer. Tune in next Thursday at noon on 97.5 CIOE FM Community Radio with live stream on communityradio.ca for the next episode. Goodbye and have a great day.